This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, it's Greg Hoffman from Take Command. And the best part about podcasts is they create a 25th hour in the day. Whenever I'm commuting, metro, car, even when I'm riding my bike around town, although in that case, one earphone only, safety kids, I'm always listening to podcasts. And this offseason, you can get all the insights, all the news, all the analysis, and Logan and I occasionally make a joke or two in the Take Command podcast on demand so it fits in to your busy schedule. Follow Take Command in the Odyssey app or wherever you get your pods. Guys can do on third down. If you don't have a guy like that for you in the offense, because like when I look at the commander's offense right now, I don't necessarily see like a great third down presence. And, you know, Curtis Samuel or... Uh, uh, Jahan Dotson could maybe fill that role but how hard is it to execute on third down not having a guy that can do that at a high level it's very hard you know I think uh, my great telling tale is my last year there we were 0 5 I think all five games Jordan Reed was questionable or probable to play he had the concussion so I had all the third downs geared to Jordan and Friday would come he couldn't play I'd be like damn now what (laughs) so it's hard you got to have that guy you see the uh, damage that Cooper Cup does, and a lot of these receivers, Justin Jefferson, these guys do on third down. Uh, you know, it, it's very important. But there are different ways you can attack with the crossing routes. But you call a crossing route, they play zone, they pass everything off, and you're sitting there like, right. you know. <laughs> well, I mean, that's something you see a lot with this offense, right? They, you know, third down, they they got their crossing route on. It's third and five or six, and they're playing zone, and everybody's covered up. Like, yeah, you know, it's it's tough when you don't have that that. Like Jordan, I don't think people understand how good Jordan was yeah. for his time. You know, I mean, like that ability just to win on third down in the red zone. Like it's so, like such a huge skill set for NFL. Well, offenses. you can move him outside, and, and you see the matchups. You know, when you move him outside, you yeah. flank that by himself. The safety goes out there. You know, it's man. You put him inside. You put him in motion. You get him in stacks and bunches, and he had the ability to read zone and man, break it off and man, hook it up in zone. And it was very difficult to defend guys like that. You see Cooper Cup doing the same thing. Obviously, a different position. Yeah. Uh, but when you can protect them, get them free releases, get them out in space, and let them read the defense, uh, that's why he has so much success. I mean, Sean puts him in a great position, and Cooper Cup is very, very smart. And Stafford's got a great arm, and he can fit it in anywhere. Uh, but not having that guy it makes it more difficult, obviously. Uh, you got to probably rely on some running games, some draws, and some uh, vertical passes. Uh, try to hopefully have some speed on the outside or something. You got to have something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When you talk about the physical traits for quarterbacks, too, I mean, that that's part of what the commander struggled with last year is, like, some of those third downs, tight window throws, Heineke couldn't squeeze it in there. What does a guy like Wentz with his arm or some of the other guys that you've coached um, or you watch a guy like Stafford, how, what kind of difference does that make? You know, we talked about the mental processing side of it, but the, the physical traits when you just have a guy who can sling it. Like I don't that. know. Uh, you know, Kirk was really, really good and really, really accurate. Um, uh, you know, there's some times when I'm on the field in pregame warm-up and I'm looking across the field and I see Aaron Rodgers slinging it and I see Stafford. I'm like, oh, my God, this isn't even fair. <laughs> right. <laughs> but – you got to have that. You got to have that guy. The guys who win Super Bowls, you know, unless they have just an outstanding killer defense. I mean, you're not going to advance and be uh, in the big games if you don't have that big type, big time player, both mentally and physically. The guys that are really, really good 
are also very smart and have great arm talent. And those guys are, you can't find them. There's about 10 in the world. Uh, so if you got yeah. one, uh, you're going to coach for a long time and you're going to win a lot of games. Coach, who's the best quarterback uh, you've, you've worked with over the course of your career? Uh, probably, you know, Kirk was probably the most accurate. Uh, yeah. Know. Everyone hates on Kirk, but he's got a nice skill set now. Yeah, so he's very I'm accurate. Anyway, then, ahead, I didn't have a lot of time to work with Alex. Alex was uh, was very good. We were 6-3. and three. We were pretty good when Alex was playing. He, he did make a lot of mistakes. He wasn't going to hit a lot of the home runs for you. Uh, a lot of singles, two doubles. Uh, but be very, very efficient, not turn the ball over. And there's a lot to be said about that. And he can get you in the right play. Yeah. Uh, so I really liked Alex too. But, um, yeah, probably those two. Is there a, is there something you're looking for? Like when you're evaluating quarterbacks that, like, sticks out above everything else that say, I, if, if I'm drafting a quarterback, I'm signing a quarterback, he has to have this quality. Uh, well, mental toughness is what you can't really grade. Yeah. You, you see, I like to see a guy get hit right in the mouth and on the next play sit in the pocket and drop a dime you know, under pressure, mm-hmm. you got to be tough, you know, yeah. cause they're going to get hit. Obviously you got to have the skill set. You got to have the size, you got to have some arm strength. Um, and then you got to try to dig into their mental capacity. You know, there's been so many great arm strength, great, great quarterbacks with great arm strength or not great quarterbacks, quarterbacks with great arm strength and arm talent that haven't been able to translate to the NFL field because mentally it hasn't just hit them. And maybe they haven't been surrounded with the route sporty cast. Uh, but it takes more than just great arm talent, arm strength. I like to find a guy that can run a little bit and create because we mentioned before mm-hmm. the it's very hard to call the perfect play all the time. The pass rush, I'd love to see a guy right. create. Uh, unscripted plays are very, very important nowadays. You look at what Mahomes does, Aaron Rodgers done over the course of his career, uh, Russell Wilson, uh, Josh Allen. You know, I'd like to see the percentage of their big plays that were called based on the chalkboard play, or was it a uh, play right, that was outside yeah. the pocket, scramble drill, nine one one type things. Uh, you know, that is very important in football nowadays, the ability to create plays on your own. When you were a coordinator in Cincinnati, like, and you thought of how you viewed your job, did your job or your view of what a coordinator needed to be change at all when you then had the perspective of being a head coach? So in other words, you get a couple of years in Washington, you look mm-hmm. back and you're like, Oh, well, if I ever become a coordinator again, I would, I would maybe do that a little differently, or, or I understand this a little better now having that, that different vantage point. Well, when I was a coordinator, I worked for uh, um, uh, Coach Lewis, and he was a defensive coach, so he kind of let mm-hmm. me have the reins. He didn't really – he'd come in and sit in some meetings and offer some input in running game or what have you, or maybe talk about the team's defense, Dick LeBeau's defense or what have you, uh, but he really didn't have a lot of say. Now, when I became head coach, I was an offensive guy, and, and I – I thought the reason I became head coach is because I was a good offensive coordinator. I just want to just give that up. I still want to have a lot of input in the game plan, third downs, red zone. Uh, so I didn't want to really give that up. Hindsight, I probably would have given up more of it and worked more with the defense and maybe more with, uh, you know, the players, uh, the injuries, all that stuff, and looking ahead and trying to scout opponents a little bit more. Uh, closely um, looking at the big picture more than just tunnel vision on the offense. I think I would have been better suited to do that. Mm. Um, but yeah, I, it's just, it's just hard to, you know, when you're a head coach to try to put the necessary time into being an offensive coordinator. Yeah, definitely. And, and that's actually something that is interesting about the setup in Washington now is Ron hired Jack Del Rio and immediately was like, no, Jack's running the defense. Obviously Ron, you were, when you were here, you were first time head coach. You didn't have that perspective that Ron had of the nine years in Carolina. So how hard is that? If you like, for instance, when you had Sean or eventually when you, you let Kevin ascend up to offensive coordinator to take your hands off the wheel a little bit and, and let a guy who's younger, less experienced uh, cook a little bit. Yeah. I, I, 
didn't really I, as much as I could have probably. <laughs> uh, you know, we, we, we would sit down and make all the lists together, the third down list. So when even Sean was calling the plays, when he had the headset, the plays were pretty much, you know, the first third and two to four. Here's the play. Here's the play. Here's the play. Red zone. Here's our top five passes on third down or top five on first down. Here's our top play passes. And it was just, it would flow pretty easily. Um, so uh, it, it, it's hard because, if you're standing there as a play caller, if you had success like in Cincinnati in 13, I thought we were as good offense as there was in football. We just had a couple injuries at the end of our tight end. But um, and then you get the job because of that. You can't just say, take your hands off the wheel. Because then if you don't have mm-hmm. success, then you'd be like, I'm going to take over. Then you piss everybody off. You know, <laughs> So you right. want to have the input. Uh, but I did try to back away a little bit more so my last couple of years. But uh, probably not as enough as I should have. Did you get, how often did you get to face Del Rio? And what, what did you make? Uh, like what, when you, you know, we talked earlier about like you, you get up, uh, it's whatever game week and you go look at the defensive coordinator first and see what he's done. When you woke up in game week and it was Jack Del Rio, what were the things that were, were top of mind? Uh, well, it was, I'm not, he, he wasn't a very difficult coach to go against. I mean, he was uh, very fundamental. I, I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean, he, <laughs> He had his yeah. fronts that were no, pretty no, no. standard. He had his coverages that were pretty standard. He, changed, he played, had very few blitzes. He wasn't that hard. You know, if he had good players, he was a hell of a lot better. Uh, I think he was the uh, head coach in Oakland uh, when we played him, and we put up, I think, 50. Um, uh, you know, and he didn't have as good of yeah. players back then. When he has good players, like most defense coordinators are good. But as far as scheme is concerned, uh, not the most, you know, creative guy, but he's sound in what he does. The players know where they're at, and they play hard. That's there's a lot of very successful coordinators in the history of the league that aren't overly complicated. They get their guys to play hard, run to the ball, and they get good players to do it. Now, if you're not very complicated on defense and your players aren't as good as they need to be, you're going to give up some shots and a lot of yards. But they are getting better on defense. Yeah. We try to leave with a good defensive lineman mm-hmm. group um, and a couple good linebackers. And uh, obviously they're missing some corners or something like that they've tried to address. But uh, you know, I think they'll be fine. Do you have a defensive coordinator that just gave you fits? Like, you know, um, Wade Phillips is someone that comes to mind that was always kind of interesting on third down. Baltimore defense then, always like, gave the me the most defense. fits. I hated Anything that comes to mind. Uh, they had the best players. <laughs> they had the best players. They had a yeah. really good scheme, and they were tough. Yeah. And then obviously Pittsburgh with Dick LeBeau, I already mentioned when I was in Cincinnati, they were tough. You know, I think when we got to this, when yeah. I got the job here, I think our division wanted a strong, was not as strong defensively as it had been in the past. Philadelphia was reeling a little bit. The Giants were reeling a little bit. Uh, the Cowboys weren't mm-hmm. quite as dominant, but the Cowboys started when they got to Marcus or, uh, Lawrence and and their pass rush became quite an issue. They became very mm-hmm. difficult yeah. uh, as well. But I'd say the Baltimore Ravens uh, and obviously Dick LeBeau defense were the hardest I had to go against. You know what's crazy is you mentioned both those teams. You mentioned their toughness. Like, I don't understand how they do this, but they kind of build a culture of toughness. Like every time you played them, you knew you were going to have to get two face masks out and just dust them off just in case. Is there something that you can do as a head coach or is that team building? Like what cultivates that? Is that the old guys in the room? Like how did they get that done? You think? Yeah, I think both. I think they have great veteran leadership always had and uh, they have good, strong coaches and they know what they want. And Ozzie Newsom does a great job. They know what they want to draft and they all work together mm-hmm. and they draft the players yeah. that fit their scheme. Uh, they don't draft 210 pound defensive ends that can rush the passer. You know, they, they the big suckers, long, big, yeah. tough, yeah. physical guys. And then yeah. if you have to preach physicality as a head coach, it ain't going to work. You know, that has to come right. within the, the players have to be physical. You have to draft those type of players. 
That's why I tried to draft Arian, uh, 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 Payne and Jonathan Allen and Matt Ioannidis, mm-hmm. tough guys, big, right. tough guys. Um, you know, but it takes a lot of those guys, and then you have to maintain that toughness, and you have to have some success, uh, but then you have to have a good scheme around it, and those defensive coordinators at those two places have great scheme as well. You mentioned, like, uh, veteran leadership. You know, that's something that there's been a lot of turnover in terms of veteran. Obviously, kind of the most notable one is, like, Ryan Kerrigan leaving. What do those guys do for your team, and what do they do for you as a head coach in terms of establishing a culture? You got to have them, and uh, I think yeah. if there's one thing that I think we did not – I wouldn't say we didn't have. I just felt like, you know, especially on defense, you know, we did not, yeah. other than Kerrigan, and Kerrigan was a soft-spoken guy. It wasn't like he was a great yeah. leader. He led by an example, and I love Ryan. He, he, I would, I'd take Ryan Kerrigan any day on my team, but he, as far as being a leader and getting on people to work hard and run to the ball, that's not Ryan's forte. You know, Ryan's just going to do his job the best he can do it and, and sprint to the sideline and sprint back on the field and do the best he can, but – uh, we didn't really have that strong presence. We tried to get them in here early in my career, but, uh, you know, when you get those guys in here, the Ray Lewis-type guys and the Ed Reeds over there and they had Troy Palomalu, they had James Harrison, these guys that not only play tough, but they uh, they walk the walk, they talk the talk. you got to have those guys. And, and it takes time to build, and once you get them, uh, everybody else fills in. And it, I mean, if you're a young guy, you're going to work to their what they say and how they want it to be done. If you don't have that guy, then yeah. the young guys who don't really know, they can go anywhere. They can go anywhere. You know what I mean? From a metal standpoint. So. Yeah, it's inter- it's interesting you mentioned that. Like, you know, when I first got here, like everyone's like, you know, when I got later in my career, they're like, Logan, you play so tough. But like, I came in with London Fletcher, and there wasn't like a tougher yeah. dude, and that was the standard. It was like you're hurt, you're nicked up. Like he's practicing, you're practicing. We're gonna hit in practice because he wanted to hit every single day. And like, I just think that is so critical having guys with that you know, that vocal leadership that have good character, like, but they're hard to find, I guess, too, is the other issue. You know what I mean? Guys that you can trust. Uh, definitely, yeah, definitely hard to find. There are not many guys like Lennon Fletcher in the world anymore. Yeah. Ray Lewis, you know, uh, uh, that's why, you know, when you get them, you got to hold on to them. Uh, last question then is about a guy who's, who's young, but developing into one of those guys. Uh, you drafted McLaurin. Uh, how quickly did you know that you got a steal in the third round? And, and what have you seen from him as his career has developed uh, the last couple of years? Well, he's a two-year captain of Ohio State at wide receiver position, so that says a little bit something about him. It's not like he went to Liberty. Mm-hmm. Uh, All due respect to Liberty, of course. <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, we already knew that his uh, his DNA was exactly what you want for a football player in the National Football League. He, we knew that he had great speed. His production maybe not have been has not have been as good as some of the other guys that came out in that draft. Obviously, that's why he slipped. But when you watch him at the Senior Bowl, he's the best player on the field. Uh, and then he's also the best special team player on Ohio State's team when he was a younger player. So we knew he had the toughness, the skill set. Um, just excited to get him. I thought, you know, we should have probably taken him in second, but uh, I think we gave up our second. We ended up trading up in the first or something like that. But, uh, yeah, so we're just very fortunate to get him, and I, I'm happy to say that he's going to continue to do great because he works harder than anybody. He's going to play through pain. He's going to go up and go after the contested balls. He just needs more opportunities. How important is, like, you know, you mentioned the senior bowl and you mentioned the special teams play in college. Like how important was that to your evaluation? Cause I think it shows a lot. Yeah. Well, special teams time. doesn't always happen. You can't always see that, but senior bowl, those senior bowls, the, yeah. the East West shrine games. I loved watching those bowl games, the practices and all that. You see how guys worked. You see how they consistently performed over a play to play basis as they're trying to learn something new. It might be a new front or new terminology and see how they react to that. Right. Because that's what it's going to be like uh, when they get, when they get a new job, you know, with us. Um, and, and some of those guys really flourished in that, in that, 
uh, scenario and some guys really struggle and you can see it.